0: Gilbertson Hall at Saginaw Valley State University. This is In the Valley, presented by Tagalong Media. On this episode, Ryan leads a discussion at the 2020 Cardinal Leadership Conference, wherein he examines well-intended versus disingenuous diversity. Ryan also explains how these themes of diversity are related to RSOs at SVSU. So... The way I kind of wanna run this is an open discussion. So if at any point like, anyone has any questions or kinda of wants to add to the conversation, like, please don't hesitate to jump in. This is really centered around diversity and kind of the intents of the diversity that you know, we see as you know, students on campus, um, you know, leaders. I get what you're all thinking though. Like, this white guy is gonna come up here and you know, talk to us about diversity. That's kind of exactly the point though, because anytime we do talk about diversity is, is a good thing. You know, we always want to be more inclusive, we want to be no, more diverse, but for the right reasons. And that's where the in, intent kind of draws uh, into this conversation. So a lot of times organizations, uh, whether it be you know, businesses or you know, student organizations, they want to be more diverse. The reason for, for wanting to be more diverse though often comes from things like public image, or you know, just like to check the box that yes, we are diverse. Uh, it's, it's just a facade of diversity, right? That's it's a very common theme actually. As like student leaders on campus, we should aim for more than that. So something like being more diverse for the reasons of you know actually gaining the benefits of diversity. So you know like a difference between varying ideas when when they're all compiled together, you know they create like a, a greater sense of community and, and inclusion. My opinions, opinions though aren't really enough and that's kind of why it's kind of like an open discussion though in a, in a lecture. My big goal here though is to kind of discuss how as student leaders our intent is analyzed and, and how can we you know, implement diversity across you know, the minorities we, we represent and, and include. So where does this all kind of play into to the idea of intent? We all as student leaders, as you know this is the Cardinal Leadership Conference, we all are student leaders on campus. So whether we're running... Uh, you know, RSOs around an e-board or something like that, we all have an obligation to, you know, make sure our, our organizations are diverse. And by doing that, we, we kind of want to look at the intent of it though. So why are we be trying to be diverse? One of the things that kind of historically, if we look at, is like a program that, that has seen diversity or like tried to be diverse was like Affirmative Action. Does anyone not know what Affirmative Action is? No? Okay, so yeah. No? All right, so Affirmative Action, it was kind of just a way to make positive steps for like disenfranchised groups and minorities whether it be like admittance into college, jobs, and, and the, you know just getting jobs in general. And it was, the, the goal of it was to you know get a greater number of minorities represented within a organization. It was a little bit problematic though in a sense because affirmative action at its core meant well, you know it was well intended. but it wasn't always played out that way. Um, you know. Usually the intent of you know, a program like affirmative action, it does track to the behavior, like the, the end result, but in this case it didn't always. For example, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, Judge Roberts, uh, talks about how the best way to stop discriminating against race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race, which pretty much means by you know, saying that these disenfranchised groups need to be included and going out of our way to include them, or actually, doing them a disservice in a way. This is one of the like the the side opposing it, um, the the use of affirmative action, because now these these groups are being included that you know historically have been left out and you know did have like a systematic racism against them, and kept them from you know advancing. Because of that, though, they historically also you know were not as well trained as people who who did have privilege, and it created like a very like insincere you know use of what affirmative action was supposed to be. And this is actually also said by um, the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. He's the only black judge on the Supreme Court. And he says that oftentimes this includes people who are then delegitimized by their peers. And then when they're delegitimized, it just sets them up for failure. So which is like one of the big you know, problems with affirmative action. And then another, another thing with intent and diversity is the idea of virtue signaling. So virtue signaling is when a politically correct or you know a certain view is expressed through you know like media Um, like a good example is like uh, movies so a lot of movies will you know have like we need this type of person cast as a role right and that leads to a big problem with tokenism which is also a big issue within the idea of diversity so does anyone kind of thinking like on our own campus does anyone know like of any tokenism or
1: it's tokenism,
0: like when you look for certain... yeah so tokenism is the idea of you put someone in a certain role because they are a certain race or a certain gender and that's kind of like a common problem that especially in today where everyone aims to you know politically correct that that we see like does anyone kind of see that like i know <coughs> is that like
2: um, <coughs> the admissions office always tries to have like diverse tour guides and so that's i'm sure thing. that they probably have like some form of like Oh, like, well, you want to make sure that we have, like, they say diverse, but they want to make sure they have, like, all their
0: boxes checked. Mm-hmm. All right. And see, that's, that's actually something that's, that's very common, too. So, a lot of universities would kind of use that tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know to the extent at which it's done here at SBCU, but
2: it's,
0: it's, is it a pretty. It's,
2: yeah. It's for
0: is, is anyone here is on, like, um, like the orange. Or yeah, on tour guide. Tour guide,
1: yeah.
0: Is that, like, a common thing that is oh, yeah. then talked about? It's,
1: like, it's pretty intense. <clears throat> if, especially, like, if a group from Detroit is coming, they'll go up to the black tour guides and be like, hey, I need you today. And then she just assumes that, like...
0: Mm-hmm. See, and that's, and that's a problem, and that's, like, one of the areas that, you know, we can be better at. So, looking at it from that side... Oh, go ahead.
2: Um. So, this is just, like, food for thought, but... um, Like, what she was saying with black tour guides and everything, I see how it's a problem because it's, like, just because they're black doesn't mean they to talk to just black people or to make black people comfortable, Mm -hmm. but at the same time you do hear a lot of black people or Hispanic people or whoever, they feel more comfortable when they are um, interacting with somebody of their own race. And it's not all the time, I mean, and like I said, it's just like food for thought, but like I can see how it's like, well, you just want this black person to talk to me because I'm black? And it's kind of like a slap in the face, but at the same time it's like, it can make people feel comfortable so it's like how do you go about that how do you go about making people feel comfortable
0: and that is one of like our more implicit biases as human beings we do tend to you know relate to people that are similar to us so it's understanding why they may you know consider that as an option but it, right. it comes down to the fact that like is that right you know
1: yeah but. i was going to say like for alternative <coughs> breaks I meeting this like this past semester um at one of our meetings like we went over like um, about like the selection process when we do like interviews and stuff and it all just seemed kind of skewed because like it makes sense to like make sure everybody's included to make sure like oh we have good athletes, we have people of color, like we have like males going on like the medical ones because like those are more, more like geared to like girls. So it was just kinda of, like interesting just like having them like educate us on like the selection process but yet like when we do the selection process, if we do interview and we do like, we do interview the people and we do put our like two cents in, but we really don't pick the people who are going on these breaks. And then it's still skewed because you still get people that know each other and you still get people like, and for example, like on this spring, there's one for structural racism and all the other like subtopic and like, I remember one of the e members saying like, we need people of color to represent, but yet there were people of color that applied and didn't get on the break. So it was just very like, it's something that's still like, this stuck in my mind. Like how come someone I know like, got declined when they said they need people and like after we're going through this training and we don't even, we kind of get a say. I mean, they applied for our break, we interview them, but are, we kind of have to say, but like, we really don't. And like, when we got to rank them, like we have three minutes to do it. So we weren't looking at like, They're like anything diverse,
3: we're
0: looking at like their ants or something, so it was very it was a complicated process, so it did not make sense. Yeah, see, and that's
1: that's kind of like it's not well explained, like, yeah,
0: no, I see what you're saying exactly, too. And that's the kind of the the theme I'm talking about as well. Like, um, they they implicitly said, like, yeah, we want people of color, we want uh men because it's in a medical field, and that's exactly the type of thing, like. Do you really mean well by that uh, intention of having this diversity? Or are you doing it because you need to appear um, diverse, right? And that, and that's, like, a common theme and, and kind of, like, the big point of the discussion as well. Yeah.
2: Well, I think I was going to say about the tour guide is that the biggest thing that, like, I find about tour guides is that it's about, like, appearance mm-hmm. and that, like, our administration itself is not very diverse, but they want to make sure tour guides mm-hmm. are diverse to make SDSU appear diverse. And, like, one of the people I know um, in Canada, and she works with the office of multicultural um, affairs and that's one of like the most diverse um, like offices on campus right and she talked about how like if they really want to work with that like as of, when she was coming in there's only a couple people she felt comfortable talking to in admissions for that same reason you know people like to talk to people um, so of people of color like to talk to people of color uh, but she talked about how it was an issue that there were so few people of color in admissions and that you know it was more than it was more than that she wanted to talk to people of color, it was that the people who were of color weren't necessarily trained in diversity, didn't really know like what like diverse students needed and that sort of thing. And so it was like more of like a deeper issue of like FSU needs to make sure that like all of its pe all of the people who work here like understand diversity and how to interact with like, this, like different <laughs> populations. It shouldn't fall on the people who are people of color who work in this university to talk to all the students of color. It should follow like, the
3: entirety of the university. Right. Going back to what you were <clears throat> saying about like businesses and corporations, I know Starbucks recently did the whole thing where they closed down for a day in certain locations and did diversity training. Yes. Yep. And I know the diversity programs here on campus like maybe Thorns and her own whole office, maybe if they partnered with admissions to make sure that um, people who weren't of color maybe had the same training or we were able to kind of learn why um, people who are African American feel more comfortable speaking with African Americans, maybe that would, you know, help with relations with
0: little better. Yeah. And I think that all goes back to the theme of, you know, virtue-seeking and, and tokenism as well. Like, if we look at, you know, historically, even, even in very, very recent, you know, times, um, we see things, like, in, in movies, um, we need the first, like, we need the first gay superhero, we need the first like black superhero it it's something that you know is a very common theme, and it adds into this whole topic of like, well, why are you doing that? What is the intent of you doing this right mm-hmm. um, oftentimes, though, especially on the, in the case of like the university it is to appear diverse, and that's not to say that the university isn't diverse in a sense, um, but it kind of it's disingenuous a little bit, you know, yeah. um, and the problem there too is it doesn't give you a good representation of what your school is. So for example, um, when we do send you know, admissions officers who let's say are black, right? We send them to a, you know, a school that is majority, like a black majority school, right? That it creates a problem um, where it's not a representation of our school, but a representation of what the school wants us to look like. You know, and that's where the problem kind of lies. Is we need to create a way, you know, to really embrace the full diversity of what what SVSU is, um, and that's as you know, student leaders, where you know we come in and how we can you know make that change, right? So the big thing is within our organizations, you know, to promote to promote diversity, not just like in you know a percentage wise, like we are this diverse, but really, uh, you know, creating diversity that is centered around like. Diverse amount of ideas, um, representation, and, and you know, equal voice. But
2: yeah, one thing I was gonna say like, I think that sometimes organizations, like the biggest issue I think with like diversity, like as like tokens, I think that's sort one of thing. Is that organizations, will try and find ways to be more diverse, not realizing that you know, simply trying to be the best organization you can and create good programming and worthwhile events will attract people from different backgrounds. Because, all people are attracted to fun, entertaining things, and if you focus on that and don't focus on well, what what do we have to do to get diverse people there? And focus then on how can we make this the best program or the best fundraiser or the best um, leadership experience? Then we get more diverse people. We should be the focus shouldn't be on we need to have this program that needs to be diverse. It should be we need to have this fun program that will attract the diverse crowds.
0: So. so yeah, that's very, very true, you know. Um, and it plays into what, what the double-sided sword of this kind of facade of diversity that we're putting off really is. Um, so if you look at, you know, the university doing some of these things, uh, you know, having demographically segregated, you know, tour groups, let's say. Um, when you look at that at, at its core, it is, you know, kind of like questionable in, in choice. But the one thing that you could potentially argue that is, you know, being impactful off that is the fact that you have these groups looking up to you know this tour guide and being like okay well if SVSU you know offers this sort of you know position for this person that means that I also can potentially you know have the same position if somebody else from you know my same scenario is there um, and that, that is not to like discredit at all what uh, you know what struggles that the individual may have gone through you know historically be it or you know in their own lives. It turns into a, neg- like a negative, though, role when it's done like, just for publicity, though. You know, when the university does that just to, you know, publicize their diversity. And that, you know, the intention part of that comes in, too, with more than just, um, you know, the, the diversity aspect. It comes into, you know, all frames of life, um, which is something that, that as student leaders we should also look at. Um, what I mean by this is, like, we oftentimes have bad intentions when it comes to why we do other things, as well. We kind of see this in things, like, when people do things like give a homeless person, you know, a meal, right? a lot of times we see things like that, and we see it, you know publicized all over you know social media, Facebook, whatever. Um, and it's like, why did we do that? Was it for you know the intent that we wanted to you know help this person, or was it um, because we wanted you know to get likes and likes, you know, clickbait, right? And that's something we also should consider in terms of like our organizations with intent, and really it translates uh, well with diversity, but across all topics, you know, another like example of that, like a well-intended thing. Um, let's say, Mike Illich, right? Anyone know him? So, no, he's been in you know, the Detroit um, you know, scene with, uh, he owns the Red Wings and the, the Tigers, right? So a big thing that he did, which was well-intended diversity, was he actually you know, paid for Rosa Parks' housing until she died in 2006. Uh, he paid for it, but didn't do it as, like, a publicity thing. It was all done, you know, in, in silence, and it was just kind of done because it was the right thing to do, right? And he, you know, actually, like, was promoting diversity. Um, when things like that happen, and it's, you know, well-intended, though, it's, like, a very, you know, good thing. There's a lot of talk that, that already has been said, though, about, you know, SBSU and our demographics, um, as well as, you know, like, we, we spoke on alternative breaks a little bit. So let's dive into that, like, for a second. Does anyone offhand know... The demographics of SBU, like, um, yeah, like our board of control, our, our top university officials, like, makeup, demographic-wise, Is mean? Are we like seventy percent
2: women and like thirty percent men?
0: For like student demographic, yeah, it's pretty close there, yeah. Um, as far as uh, actual demographics of race, uh, so we're right, yeah, right around seventy percent for women, sixty-five to seventy percent depending on, on the year, and then for actual demographics of race, it's seventy-two percent white, one percent Asian. 9% black, 4% Hispanic, 6% is classified as just international, um, which just means that you know, someone didn't give a response of exactly where. 2% is two or more races, and then 5% is just unknown. Whether it be that they don't know, they didn't disclose, or they just didn't answer. And that comes right from like, the University of, uh, or University, the U.S. Department of Education. Um, so if you're looking at those numbers, you know, 72% white uh, and 9% black, you look at the Board of Control, so SBC's governing body, um, who's actually in charge of our president. Um, it's five men, four women, two people of a minority background. It's also interesting, though, if you look at it, that of the Board of Control, there's five men, when men only make up around 30% of you know, our, our makeup as a university, student-wise. With only four women, you're less than you know, half represented by something that is 73% of your actual student. Uh, population. Um, the other problem, though, with that, that I do see with like, our university is we had four presidents in our history since 1963. They've all been white men. Right? So that also kind of creates a aspect of diversity, like does our university really care about diversity, right? Which I could argue that, you know, we do care. We do have a lot of programs. Um, we have a really good multicultural center. Um, you know, we have, we have a pride center here as well. We definitely are making attempts, it comes to the point though like is it good enough and what can we as student leaders do to make an impact? How can we in our organizations make a difference um, and make meaningful change? And a lot of this is being done, so I'm actually a member of Student Association's uh, Diversity Committee, right? Um, I am newer to that committee, but I know one of the things that is being done through that is making you know, good connections between students and our multicultural affairs office. Doing things like Black History Month events, um, some of the Hispanic Heritage Month events. Um, we're doing a lot of things, um, kind of trying to make change. But I would like one hundred percent implore everyone else, like within your own organizations, to make change. And I, I know there is definitely is already happening in sense already. but. I would
2: say for anyone who's like in an organization that's like a leadership organization or who or, um, wants to like get this better sense of what is. Like the go, like the intent behind diversity and why you should be diverse, and like what the benefits of diversity are, um, like the real benefits, not like these to say we're diverse. Um, Dr. Roberto Garcia, uh, who is the like head of the Office of Multicultural Affairs, he um, he's also a professor here. He does a like diversity one on one training that he will like you can talk to him and he will come to your organization and like he will like do it with your group. And it's a very like sort of open discussion about diversity and why we should be diverse and like what the the benefits of diversity are, you know, because we do want to be diverse in the sense that diverse backgrounds bring out um, diverse opinions and diverse opinions end up with a better end solution, right? Um, And he does a very good job of explaining it and um, um, articulating why we should be diverse. um, and so if any of you uh, are interested in something like that, I would definitely urge you to reach out to him or the Office of Multicultural Affairs because I think that's like, one of the best resources we have on campus as far as diversity. Our Office of Multicultural Affairs is uh, pretty phenomenal. It does a lot of great work on campus. Uh, uh, Brian mentioned, you know, Hispanic uh, Heritage a month, black like uh, <coughs> history month, what to do, women's history month, etc. cetera, so. Have either of you, or, like, would you think, like a diversity chair or like, an organization, experienced that training Yes. I did it in the Student Association for our summer retreat. It was really um, beneficial.
0: I have not on um, brand new just this semester. So I've only been on a couple of weeks. So I've not yet gone through it. OK, I was just wondering if you knew that like, first hand.
1: Like... Yeah,
2: part of it, part of the experience is like a diverse or their privilege walk, which includes uh, multiple forms of diversity. Because it's important to remember that like, race is a only form of diversity. It also includes like gender and sexual orientation and that sort of thing. So it has a really great privilege walk along with it. Like I said, it's, more of a discussion-based thing to like, talk to your members, your associate, or your organization, like really down deep into why your organization wants to be diverse.
3: Thank yeah, you, guys. Okay. So I'm in the organization called Metro Residence Hall Honorary Assist Organization to RHA. Um, if you guys have heard of RHA, and one of the things that we've had trouble with diversity in the past with is trying to see people who aren't necessarily trying to be RAs. Um, want to be in NRHH or people who are just in RHA coming over to NRHH. And so one of the things that we're trying to do this year is a blind kind of application process. So we are still in the process of getting applications, but once those are closed, the um, people who we yeah. choose to, everyone, I'm not sure if it's everyone or just certain people, will be interviewed and then we will write their responses down and then their names will be attached to their responses. And then all of those responses will be brought to RGA. And so they'll be kind of looked at and seen, not for like their name or what organizations they're involved in, but just as like who they truly are, like the character, what they could bring to the organization. Um, and so that might be a way to do like a double kind of application process if your RSO has any sort of application process um, that might help with bringing in people from different backgrounds that you might not normally choose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big thing is, like, inclusion of, of all, you know, demographics, for sure. Um, the last thing I kind of want to touch on, though, uh, with the whole, like, idea of intent with, behind diversity is, you know, some specific organizations on campus that are doing really well. Um, the first one I want to kind of talk about is OBU. Um, so OBU is, like, anyone who doesn't know Organization of Black Unity. Um, one of the things they do that is, like, so compelling and is important to our campus is the fact that, like, they are an organization that doesn't really seek out, you know, white members because it's an organization of black community. However, they do have a a bunch of you know white students who are involved with them, um, because they do can create you know a compelling case of diversity that you know people want to be a part of, um, and that's that's kind of like an an idea that we as student leaders can take into our organizations is if we create something that you know is compelling and that you know people want to join for the reason of like, hey, they are diverse, they are you know, representations of you know, me as a student. Um, that's how we're really going to see diversity change. The last thing though, I do wanna talk about a little bit of um, you know, organizations that maybe we could like, reconsider, like, is this really well intended? Um, and it was already mentioned actually, so with, with alternative breaks, right? So yeah. if, if you look at alternative breaks, um, it's like a great thing. You know, they do a lot of good work. Like, absolutely, I'm not not discrediting the work that they do, it's it's a lot of good stuff. But if you look at it um, a little bit deeper, um, it kind of raises the question of like, could we do more with less, you know? Um, So a lot of money is spent for things like travel. Um, Money is spent on, you know, food and then housing. and And then you're there for like a week, and then you do three or four days worth of, you know, like actual work, right? where maybe if we, like, allocated just money or resources into our own community or on our campus even, we might be able to do a better job of actually, you know, making an impact. But that's not to say alternative Breaks isn't, you know, a great organization and they do do good work. It's just, like, in terms of diversity, there, there are some, you know, questions that can be raised, like, hey, this is this actually, you know, a diverse thing? And that was, you brought it up actually already about the fact that, you know, like, what is their intent behind their diversity? Yeah, because
1: it's like they educate us on why it's so important, but yet, like, there's nothing we can do about it. We were, making, we we're making those choices. Yeah. So it was just yeah. It was just very
0: concerning and like yeah. The other thing with that too is like we have a lot of untrained. Students. Like, what do our students really, you know, bring? Like, are we really that trained to, to help in like the sort of things that you know alternative breaks really needs? And if we use that you know resources and, and, and you know funding here in our own you know community over a short amount of days, you know, we, you could still have like a weekend that accomplishes just as much as like a whole week. But you can make a lot more of an impact because you know you didn't have to spend as much on, on other things. But it's something to kind of think about when, you know, um, we intend to do good um, through you know diversity or through you know inclusion. It's like, how can I make the most impact though? In the Valley is brought to you by Tagalong Media. Music is by the Tagalongs. You can reach Ryan directly at rasilvest at svsu.edu. Don't forget to subscribe. God bless.